Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. Back when I was 23, I had graduated from art school, and to be completely honest with you, I was a hot mess combination of like completely clueless, struggling mightily, but I was also complete self-will run riot. I was in a place where I believed that I knew what was best for me, I had ideas, and I didn't have particularly appropriate or healthy logic. So after I finished school in Boston, I decided to move to Cleveland, Ohio. And my biggest reason for moving to Cleveland was because I'd lived there before, and I have a place in my heart, and it was also a place where I had been thinner. To be completely honest, my vanity drove me to Cleveland, Ohio, because I figured I could lose weight there. I could go from being an absolutely confused, terrified 23-year-old with no clue about what I was going to do with the rest of my life, to somehow being this rock star, video-making, self-employed artist. Okay, I bet you can see some of this coming. I will also say that I had just quit smoking, I had decided to get off my birth control pills, and to go cold turkey off of antidepressants that I was on. Now, I'm going to say, if you are on a whole bunch of medication, do not just stop at cold turkey. This is not something you want to do. I was just so young and dumb and clueless that I had no idea what kind of a tailspin I was going to send myself into. At the same time that I was going through this whole process of complete upheaval with absolutely no idea what I was going to do, where I was going to go, how I was going to figure anything out, and I was also only a couple years out from a major car accident that was still causing a lot of PTSD for me. Not only that, I had just ended my relationship with my boyfriend because I was leaving and moving to Cleveland and he was staying in the Boston area. So it wasn't necessarily that we didn't want to be together. It was just that we were kind of breaking up by default. So I'd quit smoking. I'd quit birth control pills. I had quit all of the antidepressants that I was on. I had left my boyfriend, I had gotten out of school, and I had left my entire limited but still support system. And I was also binging on sugar like there was no tomorrow. So I felt fat, I felt bloated, I felt terrified, I felt scared, I had no idea what was coming next. And being essentially self-will run riot, I decided that the answer was to take a geographic cure and drive to Cleveland, Ohio, and set up a whole brand new life there. Well, as you might imagine, I got there, and within a few days, I was spinning out. I didn't have any of the tools to sit with myself. I didn't have any of the tools to deal with the fear that was coming up for me. I didn't know how to adult, much less start out in a brand new city with a whole new life. So I basically just started to sink. I was scared. I was sad. I was lonely, and I was really, really, really confused. And so I just started to cry. And I was just crying all the time. And in a way, for the very first time in my life, I was desperate. 
I was so desperate that I was willing to try anything. And I was also willing to admit that my best thinking had gotten me to the situation that I was in. It wasn't working. So I had to come to terms with the fact that this didn't work. And that was the first point where I had to admit that my life had become completely unmanageable and that I was powerless over figuring out how to make this thing work. And that was the point where I basically put this plea out to the universe and asked for help. Within days of this happening, answers started to come. Information started to be revealed. And I started to have this sense that maybe I would figure this out. What I realized pretty shortly after doing this was that I had made a huge mistake and that even though it had taken a lot of energy and time and effort, thankfully, I think my apartment was like the rent for my apartment was something like 150 bucks. It was like at that point in time, it was incredibly cheap to live in Cleveland. So cost wise, it actually wasn't that much of an expense. But emotionally and energetically, I had a lot of egg on my face. I basically had to come crawling back to Massachusetts with my tail between my legs, feeling humiliated, embarrassed, and humbled by the fact that I really didn't know what was best for me. And I also had to admit that what I thought would be best for me was not going to work. And I remember the point when I allowed myself to say, I can't do this alone and I am not in charge. As I drove home, as I, as I got in my big silver station wagon, I had this ridiculous V6 engine, Chevy Malibu silver station wagon. I called her Sheba the Silver Savior. I mean, it was like this thing was a massive boat. And it was like, it kind of had this like wobbly way of like going across the road. It was, oh God, it was a wild little car or big car. It's probably one of the biggest cars I've ever owned in my entire life. I'm driving down the road and I come out of Ohio into Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania into New York. And there is a certain point where all of a sudden I drive through this valley. There's a point where I drive through and there's one rainbow. So it's like I've driven through a rainbow. And the next thing I see is double or even triple rainbow. And that was the point where I knew that I was being carried. And I knew that because I had asked for help and I was willing, I was willing to do whatever I was told to do. And I had given up my will. I had given up my agenda. I had given up thinking I could figure this shit out on my own. And I knew that somehow things were going to be okay. And this for me was the beginning of my recovery process. This was the beginning of going from being an absolute empathic, hot mess, sugar addict, train wreck to starting the road of recovery. And what I know is that when you are in that early stage of admitting that life is not working, that I just was trying to live life on my terms, not on life's terms. I was also just really trying to will things and control things and make them be what I wanted them to be. 
but I was also really struggling with coming off of a bunch of substances, like I said, birth control pills, antidepressants, cigarettes, a relationship, school, all kinds of stuff, as well as actively battling a sugar addiction. At that point in time, I was really active in very self-harming behaviors and active in an addictive behavior. I was looking for anything to find relief. I was looking for any way to get out of just being with me. It was that point that I recognize in what we're going through now. I had to get so incredibly uncomfortable in order to be willing to be willing to do something different. I had to admit that the system wasn't working. I had to admit that the way I was living my life was only causing me pain and harm. And I had to be willing to ask for help. That started with asking something greater than myself, reaching out and kind of beseeching, leading to the universe. Help me, show me, guide me, lead me, teach me another way of being. And I really see that as what is going on for us as a species right now. We are being challenged to shift the way we've been living our lives. So many of the people I know have been expressing concerns for decades about the perilous way we are treating this planet. Decades about all of the crazy, hyped up, addictive, nutty behavior that's going on. So many of us calling out the racism, the sexism, the classism, the injustices, the inequalities, the awful ways that we treat each other, that we treat the land, that we treat animals. So many people looking at and saying things like factory farming. It's not sustainable. And now here we are. It's all falling apart. But like an addict, when we're jonesing and we're going through withdrawal, I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. Because the thing is, when we first are willing to admit that the crutches that we use, the things we are gripping so tightly to, that we are holding on to because we don't know of any other way, but it's killing us. The thing is so hard is that there's this leap of faith. There's this moment where we are truly between the worlds, where we are sitting in the incredible discomfort of admitting that it's not working, but we have no idea what's coming next. Thank you, God, for OA. It was the thing that saved my ass from my sugar addiction. So I spent time in the meetings, in the halls when I was younger, and it really taught me a path of surrender. And it taught me a path of allowing something greater than me to reveal the answers. And one of the things I always heard, when God closes one door, they open another. And then there's the pause but the hallways are a bitch. And we're in the hallways right now. It's just true. We're in the hallways. But I want to offer you the hope and the reassurance of somebody who's been in the hallway and has been really uncomfortable before. I know that there have been times in my life where I have been completely clueless, when I have had to surrender everything I thought I knew, and when I have had to be willing 
to lose every single thing about myself that I thought was solid and concrete, where I have had to be willing to be willing to surrender entirely. And the thing is, it has been these moments every single time in my life when miracles have come as a result of it. So I can share this experience with you and say, right now, we're in the surrender. Right now, we are in the withdrawal. Right now, we are watching the house of cards fall, houses of cards fall, and we are watching systems implode that were not sustainable. And like an addict that knows on one hand that the gig is up, it's still terrifying to put the drug of choice down. Life has been pretty sweet for some of us, and there have been a lot of things about this civilization that have allowed a number of people, particularly people with white skin and education and resources, to be able to glide through a lot of stuff with a lot more grace and ease than other people. And right now, the thing is, the inequality, the injustice, the inequity, the imbalances, all of this is being called to reckoning. I believe that what is happening is that the universe has basically said, I've given you thousands of years to try to figure this shit out on your own. I'm taking it back and I'm going to let you deal with the consequences of your behavior. Not in a mean way, but just in the same way that the spouse of an alcoholic at a certain point is like, I'm not going to clean up your vomit. I'm not going to protect you from the consequences of your disease. I am not going to let you not live with the consequences of getting drunk and puking up all over yourself and, and waking up hungover on the floor. There's a saying, tough love is letting somebody fall asleep in their own vomit, but turning them on their side and giving them a blanket, but not trying to prevent their hangover, not trying to do anything that prevents the crisis. Because the higher we go, the further we fall. And the longer we try to prevent a crisis, the longer we try to enable ourselves to continue on this perilous road, the more consequences there are. And so in a lot of ways, what I believe is happening is that we are hitting our wall. We are coming to that place where it's like, it is not sustainable. It is ready for change. And we have to hurt enough to be willing. We have to be desperate enough to ask for help and desperate enough to be open to the possibilities that there is a power greater than ourselves that can help us. As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. 
Then, join me again when the next Empathic Mastery show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please, don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.